Welcome to Business Lines State of the Economy podcast where you will find insight analysis and the story behind the numbers Hi dear listeners this is Rajasimhan welcome to the State of the Economy podcast in this episode we are going to discuss the fallout due to the diversion of container ships via the cape of good hope in the southern tip of africa This was after the recent attacks on container ships by Iranian-backed Houthi militants. The container ships are now avoiding the Suez Canal, which is an important maritime route between Asia and the Europe and the US. The diversion could seriously affect the global trade as transit time and freight will go up significantly. This will have an adverse effect on the shippers who will have to shell out additional costs to send their goods. However, Ultimately, it is the end customers who will have to pay for the additional costs. Let's listen to what J. Krishnan of Natesan and Iyer Logistics, one of Chennai's oldest custom house agents, has to say on this issue. He has over four decades of experience in the container trade. Uh, Mr. Krishnan, thanks for joining uh, in this podcast. Uh, can you start with a uh... giving a perspective as to what's the issue around the red sea and uh, why these ships are getting diverted uh, if you can just elaborate on that uh first let me thank the business line and raja to you for this opportunity ever since the pandemic the marine world especially that of cargo transit has been facing very uncertain times we have had the suez canal blockade resulting in a almost a weeks hold up of transit cargoes presenting a huge inventory loss earlier part of the year it was disruptions at the panama canal which still continues and haunt the maritime trade of the world and to add insult to injury the recent conflict between israel and palestine has found sympathizers for the palestine cause with the hoti rebels based in yemen and even though there are a lot of speculation that this is an iranian backed uh, adventure they have started originally it was said they were trying to blockade vessels trying to reach israeli ports and uh, as a war tactic they wanted to cut off israel from the maritime trade however this monster has now seen more than one head and general shipping has stands affected because the targets were not israeli ships the targets are commercial vessels entering the suez canal through the red sea we have had drone attacks on commercial shipping which has caused justifiable panic among the vessel owners who were totally taken by surprise at this development and as a reaction to this threat safety of life and material it has been decided to avoid the normal shipping channel passing through the suez canal connecting asia europe and rest of the world the northern hemisphere this in a crux is a very brief summary of the current situation this crisis continues as of that today um thank you uh, but uh, which means uh, cape of good hope is the only hope now isn't it as of now that's the only at least we are lucky that there an option available because if you compare it to what is happening in the panama canal not many options are available there here we have an extended voyage time a longer sea route a detour is available so that safe transit can be ensured 
So the, the, then detours and delays, extra travel comes with its own impact to the actual user. Can you just elaborate what does it mean uh, in terms of uh, timing and also in terms of uh, the freight? Rather, the situation is still in a flux. Many lines have reacted in different ways. What it involves is an additional sailing around the African continent to reach Asia to Europe, avoiding the Mediterranean Sea and the Suez Canal. And any additional voyage, the first thing is, is additional fuel requirement. It is estimated this additional 15 days of voyage would approximately translate in financial terms about a million dollar additional fuel required to complete the journey. It is just not the fuel cost. It is the opportunity cost arising out of delayed deliveries, especially at this time of the year, post-Christmas, when a lot of goods were in transit, even before the new year and the peak fixes and restocking, many a supply chain planning stands badly affected by this unexpected development. Is there any uh, solution for this? Uh, because it looks, uh, at this point, it looks short-term or is it a long-term problem which we are likely to face? Raja, we, must, we are aware that the United States has started an effort called Operation Prosperity, where naval vessels of NATO and other friendly countries have been called upon to patrol the shores of Yemen and the entrance of the Red Sea. And these vessels are equipped to shoot down drones aimed at commercial shipping. However, the success of this Operation Prosperity and the confidence that it ought to deliver to the merchant trade is yet to be seen. So, uh, actually, we have uh, one Panama Canal is blocked. Now the Suez Canal is also blocked, uh, which uh, earlier when we saw the Suez Canal alone uh, having problem, it had a major repercussions. So both these canals uh, getting affected. Uh, what sort of uh, long-term problems are you going to face in the maritime world? Rather, the COVID and the Panama Canal blockade saw the supply chain realize that there has to be a world beyond just-in-time, which is just-in-case. Nearshoring as an option was taken very seriously to avoid these disruptions where the supply centers and the demand centers are separated by a lot of geography involving transit and transport in various modes, primarily the marine mode. But having said that, Raja, these two canals have served the maritime trade from the last century successfully. And these disruptions have, it is not that these disruptions have not occurred in the past. The Israel-Egypt war was one, other, one of the very first reasons the Suez Canal was shut down. However, the growing dependence of the Western nations primarily on Asian nations for their almost day-to-day -day requirements is where we seal the pinch much more than what was felt in those times. Oh. That being the case, certain options of a land route have also been explored, has been implemented and it is working, but these land routes are inadequate to cater to the demand. It will be the marine mode that will give the solutions that are required and these solutions 
are based on a disruption-free identified transit route through the Suez or more so for the U.S. West Coast through the Panama Canal. Now, as far as Indian export is concerned, the impact of Panama Canal is not very deep. It is the Suez disruption that is a cause of great anxiety to the Indian exporters. Nearly 80% uh, of the world trade uh, actually depends on the maritime trade, as you said uh, earlier. Uh, considering these two, obviously, Suez seems to be having a bigger impact. Uh, what can we expect, uh, assuming this continues for, say, another six to eight months or maybe more than that, uh, where are we heading to when so much dependency is there on the uh, maritime? Raja, crystal gazing into eight months may not be accurate because this is not just a confrontation between two, uh, between in a spot in the Middle East. This is something that has got international ramification. The very fact Operation Prosperity was launched was precisely to ensure safe passage to the maritime trade. And I certainly, in my opinion, don't see this to stretch at best beyond the first quarter. Even that is a very, very long time for the trade to bear. There would be effective solutions for, but let us go back to the Suez blockade. The actual blockade was seven days, but the shock it delivered to the world trade was immense. We are yet to recover from this shock of a blockade. Nobody even had imagined that such an event can occur which could disrupt the plans. Yes, as an alternate to the Suez, an idea which has been pending for almost now 60, 70 years, the Ben Gurion link, was again uh, refreshed. But then when uh, the Suez Canal opened, it is back to business as usual because the Ben Gurion Canal is again through the troubled uh, uh, military zone. It is not going to be an effective solution to find an alternate path. And given the geographies, other than going around the Africa, there is no other viable option available. And we must be glad at least we have an option, a route open, though the route may not be the ideal route as we have been experienced in the past. Would uh, some of the buyers are uh, actually aware of these issues and uh, what sort of reaction has been there uh, from the buyers in terms of, because obviously they are going to face challenges with uh, Christmas and New Year and up to the winter uh, coming in, they are going to, I mean, not coming in, actually setting in. They should be in demand for a lot of things, right? Uh, what sort of uh, things are coming from the buyers? Actually? Rather, this is a situation which has taken the world by surprise. I would in fact, compare it to the attack on the Twin Towers. It's very, very similar that merchant shipping can be targeted using drones, using drones. And honestly, the trade was not, had never anticipated such a security threat because let us also remember the pirate threat of the coast of Somalia has been around for a few years and there has been solutions found for that. But for this situation, it was neither anticipated nor planned. And there have been, from India, where sea freight has been converted to air freight at a high cost to meet the immediate demands. But then air freight is not a solution available permanently. It has to be the marine mode at an economic level. 
yes, when panic strikes, people initially are willing to pay the extra buck to ensure that supplies are maintained and inventories don't run out. But that being said, that is not an ideal situation. And this concept of offshoring is again going to take a severe beating with this development. What's the implication for uh, maybe a small or a big company uh, because of this? Uh, obviously, the cost is going up. Uh, and considering that some of these companies are working at a very small margin, uh, what sort of impact can we expect? Very well put. Because let's come back to our own country. Indian exports primarily are not high-value and value-added items. They are basic goods and intermediate goods. And even at the current thing, the freight element in the exports is upwards of 10%. Now, if that were to double, because that is the expectation now, the, the, price, the cost of transportation is going to double. With, and an average exporter in India works on a margin of less than 6 or 7%. This is going to wipe out his margins completely, and he has an options choice. Does he incur a temporary loss to maintain a customer, or does he say no? This is going to be a very, very difficult situation, more so for the exports in the SME segment. This can be a very, very defining moment on how this business has to move forward. One other impact, one other major impact, Rajat, why India is really at the receiving end is India lacks national shipping capacity, especially for the container trade. We are dependent on foreign shipping companies to take the goods from India to their respective destination. And we have little or no control on influencing the pricing of this product or even regulating the pricing because this is a free market. We saw this happening during the COVID. And we have also seen, the world has seen, the balance sheet of all the shipping companies because this was a godsend opportunity for the ship owners to make record profits never heard of in history. Never heard of in history. All their cumulative losses over decades were wiped out with just one year of phenomenally ridiculous freight rates being implemented, which the trade had no choice but to pay. I do hope that such an ugly situation does not emerge out of this crisis. But for the shipping lines, uh, was rerouting uh, just for safety or uh, there were some commercial considerations also uh, were taken to? Raja, let us give it, uh, let us accept fact. Loss of a shipping asset is not a small loss and it cannot be replaced overnight. So, decision to be scared of the situation and risk mitigation is a very natural reaction for which the shipping company alone cannot be blamed. For them, please remember, it is just not the life of crew that is at risk. Even that, it is absolutely important that the crew must be safe. But when a ship is hit by a drone, the cargo on board also perishes, which is a loss to the trade. So the action of the shipping companies with due respect in avoiding such troubled waters is very well justified. But what needs 
be looked at very deeply is the economic consequences being imposed by the risk mitigation action. Is it proportionate or is it disproportionate? I leave the decision to you. What would be the estimated capacity shrinkage? Because uh, since the ships are going to take double the time uh, and also longer voyage times, uh, do you feel that maybe a supply and demand kind of situation going to come up and uh, increase uh, the freight rates eventually? Rather, this is a complex situation. We have seen prior to this incident, many blanked voyages, ships were left idle, for lack of demand. And the spot rates fell drastically for freight all kinds. The spot rates fell drastically from the unimaginable height it had reached. Now, an extra two weeks of voyage in the container trade would require an additional capacity of about 1 million TEUs to present the market with the existing capacity, factoring in the delayed travel time. There have been quite a few blank voyages. Those voyages need to be restored. And those voyages will bring in the much required additional capacity, which is required. And I'm sure the vessel owners would also realize the economic uh, benefits of such a thing. And this is bound to happen. So it is not that the, we are at a peak capacity where we are unable to add capacity. There is idle capacity available which can be quickly deployed so that the capacity crunch per se is not deep. What is of concern is the delayed transit times. And there has to be better planning between the buyers and the sellers to factor in this additional two weeks of transit time, especially if you are procuring your goods from the Asian nations. And definitely the increase in freight needs to be crunched because any crisis, it presents also unexpected cost to the vessel operator, which they have to defray. They have nobody to turn to, but from their own earnings, they have to defray this cost. Just an insurance has gone up from 0.07% to 1.7% for the war risk, which is for seven days if you are going to transit through the Suez. The additional war risk for the hull and the cargo which is a steep increase looking at the value of the cargo being taken on board. So it is not that any one person has to take the blame, but what is sought and what is desired is there must be an equitable division of costs so that the trade sustains, survives, and goes forward in a healthy manner where nobody is takes, everybody takes a bit of the increased cost. It cannot be one person trying to take, and let me say, an unjust enrichment, if I can use those words. There cannot be unjust enrichment. Uh, just a final question. In fact, you did uh, briefly touch upon this. Uh, we do require a healthy container fleet, and uh, maybe the government should uh, try to look at this issue seriously, isn't it? Uh, we cannot be so dependent on foreign carriers alone What's your view on that? Uh, in this kind of there is no gain saying this fact, Raja. We hear every day that India is going to be a super nation. We are going to be the third largest economy. Let us go back in history and any nation that has stood out a stellar performance in world trade 
always commanded its naval fleet. It had a healthy command of the capacity of its naval fleet, be it for merchant navy or for its own defenses. So, augmenting the homegrown capacity is a given. It is not a desire. It must be a given. And we need to move very fast in that direction to ensure that Indian trade has type of a protective wall in case of adverse situation like the current situation develop. At least it can minimize the impact to the trade. Uh, thank you, Krishnan. Uh, really appreciate taking time. Thank you, Raja. Yeah.